You're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. I'm Jesse D. I'm with Chirp Radio. You're listening to the Chirp Radio Artist Interview Series, and I'm here with Eel Romance. How are you today, Cameron? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Why did you choose to perform or release music under the name Eel Romance? So Eel Romance is an anagram for my name, Cameron Lee. That's something I just use as a username since high school. I think I like the way it sounds kind of like a synonym for electric love. I think eels are weird and freaky, and they have some mysterious mating rituals that scientists are still trying to figure out. But generally, I think it reflects part of my artistic process, which is kind of letting some arbitrary process decide or create or permutate, giving variation and me being kind of more of an editor, a curator, seeing what I think resonates. Yeah, so just scrambling things around. That's kind of what it means. I love that. Where are you from? I'm from the outskirts, like 45 minutes northeast of Seattle, um, a town called Monroe. Your debut release, Funny Blue, came out in June of this year, and I read somewhere online that it was inspired by memories of the time and place you grew up, nature, family, falling in love, getting lost, being a nervous gay mess, ice skating, (laughs) Um, all of these beautiful memories, talking about where you grew up and how that inspired your sampling process. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you produce this based on these big feelings and experiences? It's very intuitive, just listening to things. And yeah, this improv diary I keep keeps that curiosity going. I kind of just play with things. I like to explore esoteric techniques and equipment. Um, I'm as much of a fan of good music as I am of really interesting tools for musicians. And there's some really talented people that make these very inspiring, poetic tools for making music. So engaging with those tools and just listening closely and finding things that resonate with me in the complex world of all of that, it it can just be some sort of emotional resonance that takes me back to a time. Even the specific recordings that I have done sometimes are from over two years ago. So they remind me of a specific point. And also incorporating recordings that I've made in some of the songs I included, like the sound of an ice skater, or I mixed in sounds of like Rube Goldberg machine videos. I was really into that when I was a kid and just kind of tapping into what inspired me to make anything and what makes me feel excited about creative activity. Mm -hmm. You were able to effectively tell the story of your life by using your inspirations. A little autobiographical. And I also want to hear about how there was this big drive to complete the album And that was from the idea of releasing it as a physical media. Yeah. Can you tell me more about this decision and how it manifested? When I was almost done with the album, I had the idea to uh, make a tape out of it. And I think that really helped get me over the finish line because then it became like a craft, you know, where I was excited about what kind of tape I was using, how I was going to design the J cards and how I was going to record it. I actually didn't even have a tape machine at that point. So I had to acquire a tape deck and figure out how to record it onto these blank tapes. And I found these ones on eBay that were the perfect length. My album's around 45 minutes. So there's very few blank tapes that were sold at that length, but one of them was called Scotch Screamer. And 
you could get cereal boxes in 1990, I guess. They, they did a promotion with Kellogg's where you would get a cereal box and it would have like a voucher for these cassettes. And I found a bunch of them on eBay. I found 45 of them actually. And I thought, <laughs> oh, this is perfect. So <laughs> I bought them and then I just recorded them. And my biggest regret is not using the recording of it through the tape in the digital release because I think it sounds way better through this cheap tape. It sounds great. So maybe someday I'll do a remaster where it's actually just lower quality because it's it's great so i'm really proud of the tape and just thinking of it like a physical item made it feel like it was exiting the vacuum of my hard drive of the computer even of the internet putting it out on the internet doesn't always feel like you actually made anything of substance and having a tape was something to look forward to what about the way it sounds on these cassette tapes is more appealing to you than the way it sounds digitally I think the noise, like the little bit of hiss, the harmonic distortion, the way it's compressed a little bit differently. And some of the recordings have noise on them already, like Tremendous You. That began as, it was in the same recording as Folding Tide, Breathing World, actually. Immediately after that, I just had stopped playing and the noise from the, the chorus circuit in the Juno was layering on top of itself through this looper and reflecting because the looper has this kind of polyrhythmic function where it divides the time in musical intervals. And it just sounded so beautiful, this wash of noise swirling around. So that one already had a lot of noise, but some of them felt a little bit too clean by comparison because they were made in the computer. So through the tape, it all just kind of makes sense. And the character of the album really comes alive um, when you listen to it on tape. I was going to ask this question a little bit later, but you kind of brought up the sound of the outside on your own. Mm -hmm. How do you choose when and what to sample? Like in Folding Tide, Breathing Worlds, there are flowing water sounds that are really relaxing. How did you decide to land on that? Certain things just kind of rhyme, you know? Certain sounds I do with a synthesizer, I just it reminds me of the sound of something that I've heard before or a recording I know I have. So part of the process is just finding kind of like rhymes, I guess, or nice blends, some like flavor combos I like. That song kind of was like the core, like what started the process of making the album because it was like a 15 minute long improv session I did with um, my Juno in like this weird looper app that I didn't quite know how to use. And I just played the Juno into it, forgot about it. And then one day in April, I was walking out on Montrose Harbor and just listening to like scraps that I have in this big kind of sonic diary I've been keeping for years. And I was really struck by how much it resonated with the surroundings I was in. It sounded like folding tide. And I just thought, this actually doesn't need that much. It's almost finished. And that really motivated me to work on it. And I kind of pulled more and more things from the archives, starting with that, that I felt like made sense together. And that's kind of how the album began, was that song. Was there a tool or a method or a sonic profile that you ended up using that surprised you? I think some of the more rhythmic ones towards the end were surprising because a limitation I'd put on myself was no beats. I really wanted it to be less rhythmically focused because once you open the door to inviting beats in there, then all of a sudden it's dance music. And 
I wanted to keep a limitation on that to help me finish it, really. Also, the first song was a last minute addition. I always thought the second track would be the opening one. But the first one, I suddenly discovered and realized this is this is kind of like the tone setter. This is like, let's go back in time and, you know, imagine all these memories I have swirling around. And then they crash together in the second one. So that was kind of an unexpected discovery. But in terms of like the specific sounds being surprising, they all were. I think they all happened by accident. They were all kind of happy accidents where I was just listening and suddenly my ears caught something and the right things happened in order for me to be able to edit it into something convincing later. That that kind of thing is what I'm always looking for is having the circumstances come out right where the right things happen because I have hours and hours and hours of stuff where that wasn't at the case and the lucky noise didn't come together exactly. But also there's an element of distancing myself from those accidents that make me realize how special they were. Because a lot of these I didn't think about at the time and then I went back to later and suddenly, oh, this this is something I forgot about because I didn't realize how almost finished it was. Before we started talking today, you were kind of talking about how or sharing that you were surprised that we reached out to you. Yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Like you released this album, kind of just went out into the ether. What is it like for you now? What's next? This is kind of the first time I've let myself get this far in the creative process. Like I said to you before we started recording. So I didn't really know what to expect, but I didn't want to build on my expectations too much. I think every artist kind of has a fantasy that what they do is going to be like unexpectedly, extremely well received. And that's that's something you don't want to assume because you're going to be disappointed. So I was just going to share it with some friends. And mainly it was just like a personal milestone where I wanted to finish something because it had been so long and I hadn't finished something. And I've always had trouble like saying that something is finished and, and committing it and saying, this is what I wanted to do. I am proud of this. This represents a piece of me. But this one happened to work and that took a lot of work to do. So I, I wasn't expecting at all that it would, I didn't expect to be invited anywhere to talk about it or to, to, to do anything with it. So this is a great surprise and it's very exciting for me because I've always wanted to talk about this, I guess. <laughs> I've always wanted to do this, I guess. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. And that's ultimately like why this album means a lot to me, even if I feel weird about some of the songs later, or I feel like it doesn't sound exactly how I wish it could. It represents that to me. It's like the first thing. And I got stuck because I, in my mind, built up this idea that the first thing has to be something special. I always had kind of an obsession with, artists first albums you know some people's first albums are completely different than others like caribou's first album under manitoba that's a huge influence of mine sounds so different than anything else he did but i love it for that it's so interesting and there's so many like new ideas you could you could hear something budding there so i kind of just had this idea built in my head that if i was to be a successful artist i'd have to make this amazing first thing <laughs> and that held me back for so many years My name is Jesse D. I'm with Chirp Radio. I've been here with Eel Romance today. Cameron, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Jesse. This was a pleasure.
This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.